You're listening to CITR FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. What you just heard right there was the Red... I was going to actually say the Clorox Girls, because they're actually a band from Portland, Oregon. But no, that was, that was not the Clorox Girls. That was Red Cross. R-E-D-C-R-O-S-S. Red Cross from their first EP with Clorox Girls featuring none other than Ron Ray's on drums. And today on the Nardwarda Human Serviette Radio Show, an interview with Ron Reyes and Greg Ginn, both of Black Flag. Of course, Ron is doing a special gig tomorrow Saturday in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, in honor of his 50th birthday. A whole bunch of bands are playing. I Brain Eater, Little Guitar Army, The Modernettes, The Ron Reyes Band with special guest Greg Ginn, The Jolts. There's going to be Art by Jim Cummins, I Brain Eater, Mad Dog, Bev Davies is going to have 50 photos for 50 years of Ron Reyes. Plus, there's going to be rare historical archival film. All this is happening at the Rickshaw in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Doors at 7 gig at 8 p.m. That's tomorrow at the Rickshaw in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, 254 East Hastings, Ron Reyes 50th birthday party. Yeah, so when the gig ends, there's going to be some rare archival black flag movies shown. Not Decline, maybe a bit of Decline, but stuff shot in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada by Lenore and the VDOC Restoration Project. So an amazing, incredible gig coming up Tomorrow in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, Ron Reyes is 50 at the Rickshaw Theatre, 254 East Hastings. At the end of the Nardwar to Human Serviette Radio Show, we're going to give away some free tickets to the event as well. But before that, we're going to have an interview with Ron Reyes and Greg Ginn, both of Black Flag. And you began by listening, as I mentioned to Nardwar, the human serviette me, talk about the Clorox Girls from Portland. And that, of course, not was the Clorox Girls. That was the Clorox Girls song by Red Cross. Here's another song by Red Cross with Ron Reyes on drums. Before Ron was in Black Flag, he was doing some Red Crossing. Here's Annette's Got the Hits. Then after that, an appearance by another band that Ron participated with and who's playing tomorrow night as well. I Brain Eater. Ron played guitar on the Hyde Park Schoolgirl 7-inch. So we're going to play Hyde Park by I Brain Eater. But first, here's Annette's Got the Hits on the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show. Then some I Brain Eater featuring Ron Reyes on guitar. Then an interview with Ron Reyes and Greg Ginn of 
black flag on CITR FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Oh, AD. No, AD. Well, you know what's interesting? I love the word AD because I keep thinking of the band The Pack, AD from Vancouver, and also there's Bison BC from Vancouver, BC and AD. I just love thinking of that continuation. And of course, both of those bands have enjoyed performances at the Rickshaw Theatre where Ron will be playing tomorrow night. Here's Red Cross. Be careful, you're on your own. 
better be careful so far from home The thunder blaze, the lightning roar In high I met a girl in high She ran away so full of fear She ran away and through her hair The thunder and lightning lit up the sky To leave this human race, to forget it, to remember, to walk on evil, to melt face to face, showing the unshown face, making masks. Denying identity, we created an ocean for those moments and movements. The world's disarmed, dethroned, and drowned. The spell was dismantled, the water disemboweled and channeled away. Horses lie on hillsides with messages undelivered, and we forget to remember to leave. Two little girls came to me Dirty and pretty as can be My heart was cold, my mind alone In Hyde Park My thoughts went far in Hyde Park She ran away when we were half She went away so full of fear The wrath of God in high Soldiers march in high The hands of Christ push through the My name's Ron. Ron Reyes. Ron, and what bands have you been in? Uh, well, uh, there's been in um, many bands, but the one that most people know is Black Flag and the Red Cross. And you're here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Yeah, have been here for like 20 years almost. Yeah, I'd like to welcome you to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, but you've been here for 20 years. <laughs> yeah, I love it here. It's great. It's taken me 20 years to interview you. <laughs> I'm a slow starter. And Ron, if I'd been walking down 4th Avenue a few years ago, I might have gone into a shop and seen you. And what shop would have that been? That's right. Yeah, the flag shop. The flag shop. Interesting. <laughs> I thought it was quite amazing. You were in Black Flag, and you now work in a flag shop. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Has uh, anybody bought a Black Flag? You know what? I've never made a Black Flag. The closest thing I made was a Black Flag for, uh, for Skull Skates, and it was black, but it had their logo on it. And that was cool. So nobody's come in and asked for a black anarchist flag at all, even though you work in a flag shop? Never. Isn't that bizarre? But flags are pretty important with your life, aren't they, Ron? You've been associated with flags for a long time. 
Yeah, in a strange way, I have. Yeah, I started off. I, the first flag I made was a flag for Kiss, and went to go see them live, and I brought this big Kiss flag, and and then uh, there were some other flags. Uh, when we were at Red Cross, uh, we stole a big Red Cross flag and placed on a in Hollywood, and uh, yeah, flags have just been there, you know, and Canada flags, and you know, whatever. So you mentioned Red Cross punk rock. How did you discover punk rock? Was that through Debbie? Wow, that's, yeah, Debbie Rogers, a great friend of mine in, in uh, California. We went to school together, and uh, she was kind of like a rocker chick, and she would go into Hollywood and, and go see all the like the long hair bands and the bands like Quiet Riot and all this stuff with, before they were ever big and stuff, and she would take me to those shows, and then she starts, hey, you, there's this place called The Mask and stuff, and, and I went, oh, really? And Because and, I wasn't really digging the stuff that she was taking me to, right? And and uh, so she's, well, why don't you go over there and, and see that, those shows? So I would, we'd drive into Hollywood together, and I'd go like to The Mask, or I'd go to the whiskey, and she'd be at like, like the uh, just other places, right? Starwood and places like that. And so I started seeing bands like the, the Germs and the Screamers and the Weirdos and all those guys. Did she take you to the punk rock fashion show? Um, no, I don't and think. What was the punk rock fashion show? Some people hate punk rock and fashion going together, but that was pretty cool, wasn't it, Ron? No, I, I never figured that one out. Um, what was it? Well, it was it exactly was it was at a, a big place. Of the, I can't remember the, the Palladium, I think. And uh, a lot of bands were going to play. I think the Clash was supposed to play, and uh, Blondie, and the Avengers, and I think the Weirdos, and and just just a, a mix of local bands, and uh, and then some other bands, and it was just it was just crazy. And then in between bands, people got up there and got all, you know, fashionable and stuff. It's just kind of strange, yeah. And what did you dress as, Ron? The Jolly Green Giant? <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. I was like, uh, during those days, I was very influenced in like, uh, like image-wise, I guess, like I was like more into like the Dickies and, and, the, and the Weirdos than I was into like being like Sid Vicious or The Clash or something like that. Those guys were very cool and, and the Weirdos and the Dickies were not cool. They were just crazy. And I really liked that. You mentioned KISS earlier. What can you tell the people about this, Ron? This clipping right here. What is going on here? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. that, that was in my high school days. And that was my girlfriend and uh, my, my best friend. And we went to KISS uh, during the recording of the KISS Alive 2, I think. And it was three nights at the... Now, wait a second. Let's back up for a second here. You were there for the recording of KISS Alive 2. Yeah, all three nights. Yeah, it was great. At the LA Forum. Can you be heard on it? Uh, of course. Of course, yes. I'm the loudest screamer there, of course. How close were you to Kiss? Uh, well, I actually ended up meeting them after. I chased them down and with my Kiss flag and uh, met Ace Freely and all those guys. And, of course, when I got to, to meet them, it was just like, uh, uh, hi, I, I really like your music. Uh, and, the, and Gene said, cool flag, dude. And that was it. So, so what is this clipping from? It's from the LA Times, and we, uh, you know, of course, at all the shows, everybody used to dress up, and um, the guy just took a picture of us and did a quick little interview, and it was just a random, they just picked people from the audience, right? So, yeah. It's a recording of Kiss Alive too. Yeah, I don't think the image ever made it into the album or anything like that, but, uh, you know, the, this was in the LA Times, so, wow, I'd love to have the original of this. <laughs> so, Ron Reyes, you were at a historic recording, Kiss Alive 2, but you also were at an equally historic event, Sex Pistols at Winterland. I was, yeah, I was. Um, that was that was pretty cool. And uh, I went alone. At the time, I didn't really know many people who were into that music. And um, it was kind of before I uh, started. It, it ended up like Greg Ginn and other people from Black Flag were at that show, but I didn't know them at that time, or we just 
we just kind of went separate separately and ended up being at the same place but uh yeah I, I i don't know how i got up there i can't remember if i took a bus or flew up there i can't remember but uh ended up at winterland and, and you took pics yeah i did i did and i still have one picture left but uh i wish i had the rest of them but it, I, I had a little pointing click you know and and i was it's a great pick isn't it it was great yeah and, and i had a, like tons of them and but i've lost them all except for one so you were like right up there, right in the pit? Uh, like five feet from the stage. But then, but, but then back and forth, back and forth, of course. But uh, yeah, I was right there. In fact, I was just watching the video from that show on, on YouTube just the other night, and it's, it's actually really good. It was a great show. Did you get to meet Sid at all, or any of the Pistols, or any of the Entourage, or even the Avengers? Uh, no, I, I didn't get to meet any of those guys. But uh, the closest thing I, I came, and it was really cool, was Sid Vicious came out the side while I was in line, and some girl asked him for his autograph, and Sid didn't say anything. He just took a pen and just like scratched his name into this into the album and just totally destroyed the album right and i just thought that was the coolest thing in the world that was really cool and you are ron reyes ron reyes from many bands including black flag and the ron reyes band that's right the ron reyes band what a <laughs> did we get lazy with that name or what we tried coming up with so many different names and, and you know what everybody's going go ron just call it the ron reyes band and let's just do that so that's what we did so you've been at the recording of kiss alive too yeah. The Sex Pistols at Winterland. That's right. I was at Rock and Roll High School, too. No way. Yes, yes. A and the Blues Brothers movie. <laughs> I got kicked out of the Blues Brothers movie. Well, what happened to Rock and Roll High School first? Um, well, that was awesome. They, they played the Roxy. The live thing was at the Roxy, and a bunch of us were there. Darby, Darby's in the film. I don't know if I'm in the film. I've often thought I was, but then, but then it, I, I can't find myself. So I was there during the live show, and it, it was just... They played three or four songs over and over again. It was great. And the Blues Brothers? Yeah, the Blues Brothers, uh, the live show was at the, I think, the Palladium, same place where uh, the uh, the punk rock fashion show was. And uh, I got kicked out for throwing a pen, and I got chased down the street by, like, this really huge guy. And so I, I'm actually not in the movie because I got kicked out. But I was there, like, doing the pre-filming thing, so. So we have the Blues Brothers. We have the Blues Brothers. Rock and Roll High School. Rock and Roll High School. Yeah. The Sex Pistols. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Kiss Alive 2. Yes. And you were at the debut gig of Black Flag. Is that true? You were at the first gig that Black Flag played? I, I'm pretty sure. That's what I hear. Yes, definitely. That that was at the, uh, what was that place in Redondo Beach? Uh, Moose, some hall. I forget, I forget what it's called. Moose's Hall. Was it Moose Hall? Yeah. What was that like? Oh, it was incredible. I was just jaw-dropping. I mean, when I, the first time I saw Greg and Chuck play live and Keith, it was just like I, everything I'd seen up to them was like the Partridge family. Everything. Everything I'd seen up to that point was just like, okay, that was one thing. Now this is something completely different. Did you throw stuff at him? Like you threw stuff at the Blues Brothers. Do you throw anything at Black Flag? What did you do at a Black Flag gig that early? Uh, probably just jumped around and went crazy and stuff like that. Uh, but, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't so much elbows and knees. It was just more vertical up and down type stuff back then. <laughs> and you also were at that gig and can be heard on tape at this gig right here, the Pollywog Park gig. What can you tell people about this and this picture that you're in? Yeah, that's actually a really cool picture because it's got like the all three singers of the first four years and it's, it's as far as I know, that's the only picture of all of us together. Although Keith says he's got... You can identify to people. Yeah, okay, so that was at Pollywood Park, and uh, Keith is singing, of course, and me and Dez are scrapping on the ground, and there's uh, Greg's girlfriend, Medea, or Medina, and uh, and there's some other people that I recognize, but I forget their names, but um, that was a great show, and there I am, scrapping with Dez. <laughs> that wasn't the first time we ended up scrapping. But <laughs> yeah, why were you scrapping? You were so into it? Oh, yeah. I mean, we were best buddies. We were totally best buddies. And it was just like, um, just totally playful. Just having fun. 
And that gig has been preserved on YouTube. You can actually listen to the cr- crowd noises on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you can hear yourself there? I think so, actually. Yeah, I was listening to it the other night. And uh, and uh, because, uh, you know, it's easy to pick out your own voice. But I'll have to listen to it again to see exactly what it, what it is. But I'm sure I heard myself. Because I've got a pretty big mouth. I mean, you put me in a crowd and I could rise above just about anybody's voice there. So On that particular gig, the tourists played, which was Red Cross. Does that mean that you played? No, 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 no. Uh, the tourists played with their original drummer. But shortly after that, uh, they either kicked him out or he quit. And then I started playing with them. You were in Red Cross playing drums. And let's take out right here, Ron Reyes, this Bible, this amazing book, California Hardcore. Oh, cool. I've never seen this. And if we turn right here to the first section of California Hardcore, there's a really neat page here of a whole bunch of cool things. What do you see on this page at the top left? Well, I see the church where I lived, uh, and that was a really great place in Hermosa Beach. And then to the right, what do you see? Hong Kong Cafe, which was like, you know, everybody's hang- favorite hangout for a while there. And if we go to the bottom of the page, we see... That's Red Cross and me playing drums. My goodness, I weighed about 20 pounds then. Now, Red Cross at that time, Steve was so young, wasn't he? He was, he was, I believe, 12 years old at the very oldest. So what was that like? How were the gigs? <laughs> it was great. I mean, you know, he, he, he couldn't legally get into the places, but we ended up playing anyway, and, and uh, it was great. I mean, we, he was everybody's darling, you know? Those songs are incredible, too, like Clorox Girls. Oh, I think so. Yeah, I mean, even to this day. I'm, Annette's got the hits. Yeah, great stuff. Great stuff. Pose, standing in front of Poser. Good stuff. And there's even a band now called the Clorox Girls. I, I heard about that, yeah. I've never heard them, but I've heard like that. The songs have really stood the test of time, haven't they, the Red Cross ones? Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, and of course, even the stuff that they did later is great stuff. One of my favorite bands, for sure. Now, when playing with Red Cross, how many gigs did you do with them, Ron? Uh, man, don't ask me. That was a long time ago. I mean, I, I would say dozens. I, I, I don't know. It, 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 everything went so... It's like a blur, you know. It was, it, it was a very short period of time, but a lot of stuff got packed into those days. So, you know, it, it could have been dozens or less or more. I don't really remember. Did you ever hear that story of Steve getting kidnapped by a Germans fan? No. I heard there was some story that Steve got kidnapped. Steve of Red Cross got kidnapped by a Germans fan. What were Germans fans like? A female Germans fan. <laughs> well, uh, I, I can think of Gerber and uh, some others that, that were pretty, yeah, they, they would have probably, I'm not surprised that they would have uh, kidnapped a young boy like Steve. For sure. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Sorry, Gerber. <laughs> One other band that you just loved, Ron, was The Last, right? Yeah. You loved The Last, didn't you? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, those guys were great. Joe and Mike and Dave and those guys, and they were fantastic. And, uh, you know, they were a little bit like, like the pointed sticks up here. You know, Poppy, um, you know, they had a, a more of a kind of a surf beat and more, a little bit more psychedelic, I guess, at, at times. But uh, just great pop songs. Now, what I want to ask about the last was the last legendary rockers right there from the beginning, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Joe Nolte, I mean, I, I, I don't know why that guy's not a millionaire. He just, like, writes great songs, great singers. They had the, the best, you know, harmonies, the vocals and stuff, which is so awesome. And you repped them so much that you want to wear their shirt at a Red Cross photo shoot? I did, I did, I did. And, uh, and they wouldn't let me. I had to turn it inside out. So uh, you can actually see it a little bit, but it's uh, inside out. So, yeah. Now, also in this California Hardcore book, as I was mentioning, a whole bunch of great pics that we have here. On the top left here, we have a picture of the church. Can you tell the people more about the church? Because I haven't really seen too many photos of the church. And there it is right there. It really was a church where... 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, what, what happened was, uh, it, it, this is where SST Electronics was in the back, and then is also a rehearsal place where Black Flag would rehearse, and then uh, I found out, at the, at the time I was living a couple blocks away from Des in Redondo Beach, and in my brother's backyard in, in his uh, garage, but I wanted to kind of get out of there and make some more noise, and uh, so um, Greg told me that, the, that there was like a space available, uh, So, but it was only available for like storage or arts and crafts, like you certainly weren't supposed to live there, but uh, so we rented it, and then I rented it, and I it was just ridiculously low pay. I, I can't remember. It was sixteen a month. Sixteen a month. It was it was just something ridiculous like that, and uh, but there was no bathroom, there was no hot water, um, no shower. Um, you know, we, we at, but the beach was just a couple blocks away, so that was cool. And the cops would bust in there. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, not not. Not on a daily basis, but when we started getting loud and having big parties and stuff, and especially when the Orange County crowd started coming in, then of course the cops got you know wind of that and they, they started coming in, and we just it, it it got pretty ugly sometimes. Yeah, I heard it was like a jewel thief that like broke in and then ran out and then got shot or something. Yeah, I, I don't know, I don't know about that. I've never heard that. And that's where it's pictured in Decline, right? That's where you are in the Decline in Western Civilization, the movie. Yeah. That's what you're showing. Yeah, the interview portion is downstairs in, in my room. Yeah. And you've tried to recreate that interview portion for a little YouTube promo you did recently for the gig that's coming up. That was Dougie's idea, and somehow we, we came up with something like that, and it was fun. It was fun. So you're one of the few people living in the church. Lots of people are partying in the church. Yeah. What techniques did you have to clear people out at the end of the night? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, well, so, so a friend of mine, and man, I really, I, I'm really so sorry because I forget her name, uh, but uh, she had this drum set for sale, and uh, she, she was leaving town, and I said, well, I'll buy it, you know, because someone will play it. I'll put it in a corner, and and I had no intentions on playing drums, but um, we would attract, like, you know, so many people would come and, and want to hang out, and it was great, but after a while, you know, it's like, okay, it's time to go, I want to, you know, either chill or whatever, and, uh, you know, pe people would, just wouldn't leave, so I would go and just bang on my drums, and I didn't know how to play anything except the the My Sharona beat the, by, by the Knack, and that would annoy people enough to eventually they, they would leave. And then i put the sticks down, and then that was it. And the beat was great. Like I said, a lot of those Red Cross songs begin with the drums. They begin with the drums, don't they? Yeah, they do. And and it's funny because I mean that's that's the the only beat that I really knew. And it's boom, 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 boom. And it's kind of a surf beat, so it kind of worked well with the Red Cross stuff. Yeah. Now continue on here with Ron Reyes looking through California Hardcore, the book also on the page, the Hong Kong Cafe. Yeah, yeah, the Hong Kong Cafe. That was a, a great place. I mean, oh, tons of it. That's where I got my germs burned, right outside the, the so Hong. You had a German Burn. Yeah, I still have it today. Can you show us? That's right there. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of embarrassing. Let's zero in on that right now. It's it's kind of embarrassing. But uh, and 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 to tell you the truth, I can't remember if it was Darby who gave that to me or Melissa or, or I, I can't remember. But it was right outside the the Hong Kong Cafe. Now, what is a germs burn for people that don't know? <laughs> well, they just saw it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I mean, the germs were uh, a, a very strange uh, group of people, and they were, uh, you know, it was almost cult like, and and uh, it was there was a very in crowd, and I. I guess the idea was that uh, there was only a, maybe a few select people that would get these, and they had to be done by a member or someone close to to, to the germs. And uh, somehow I, you know, I ended it's up done by cigarette. Yeah, done by cigarette, exactly with a cigarette burn, and it hurt like hell, and it just was infected for ages and. It was, 
totally stupid, but whatever. And Ron, also at the Hong Kong Cafe, that's where you dressed up as a slinky. As a I don't know where you get these stories from. I don't know. For Halloween, I heard you dressed up as a slinky for Halloween. It's quite possible, but I don't remember that at all. I mean, I used to do a lot of silly things. Like I said, I, I used to have more fun with, like, plastic than leather, you know, and, and studs and stuff like that. I, I used to just, like, um, have a lot of fun with that kind of stuff. And another year, you were a jack-o'-lantern? Remember that? And on the back of your shirt, it said "Punkin Out." Uh, no, you know what? I really don't remember that. So either that's not true, or I was way drunk at the time. So I don't know. How would you describe your look back then in Black Flag? The guys in Mars Volta said you had the ducktail. <laughs> yeah, there was a there was a couple of those. That, Which is okay because Darby had a ducktail yeah, too. And, and you know what? I don't know if we were the only two that had them, and I don't know where it came from, who was first or last. I, I, I don't know, but uh, but uh, it was just one of those things that people had back then. Some of us, anyway. Where did you get your clothes? Was it from Mr. Ginn, Regis Ginn? No, 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 no. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I know that growing up, uh, you know, just like a lot of people, most of my stuff came from, like, the Sally Ann and thrift stores and stuff like that. Um, you know, Red Cross had a song about standing in front of Poser, and, and there was no way I was going to go to places like that and buy my clothes. So, you know, we, we just picked up stuff. It was just jeans and T-shirts. It wasn't anything. Like neat knickknacks, like neat buttons and stuff, right? Yeah, well, the buttons and stuff, we, we, I used to, I, None of that survives. None of that survived, and it's too bad. I used to make a lot of those, and actually, I, I, I used to make our own buttons downstairs in, in the church, and I had some really... Uh, great uh, buttons for bands like, you know, like the Mau Mau's and, 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 and bands that just would, you know, wouldn't have their own buttons. You have to make your own, right? So. Round Zero, though, goes all the way back, at least for Vancouver. We're speaking to Ron Ray's here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. It all goes back to this right here, oh, doesn't it, Ron? Yeah. What is this? What can you tell people about this poster right here? Okay. The dish rags and? Black flag, yeah, and the bludgeon pigs. And this is actually a, 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 a huge influence to why we're doing what we're doing on, on Saturday night because I was actually going through some stuff that Scott Beetle had on, on, uh, on uh, Facebook and looking at these posters and I was thinking wow the bludgeon pigs and how much I'd love to play with Tony and because me and Tony used to play in the bludgeon pigs together and because uh, I was in that band for a while when I moved up here and and I said man it'd great, be great to play with Tony again and then I started uh, thinking about eh, it'd be really great another poster from the same era I think the second time we came up had Rabbit on the bill and Rabbit was always one of my favorite uh, Vancouver bands and I just love 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 John Doe's guitar playing so I thought oh my goodness wouldn't it be great to play with Tony Tony and John Doe. And that was kind of the, the starting uh, point of, of doing this whole thing that we're doing on Saturday night for my birthday. Because at that time, you were the singer of? Black Flag. Of Black Flag, yes. And we actually have that poster here as well. This is it. This is documenting Black Flag's two early ventures in Vancouver. You were the first L.A. band to come to Vancouver. Black Flag were. Were we? Uh, from L.A., I guess, yeah. Yeah, the first L.A. band. Been here before that, but they're from San Francisco, right? Wow, cool. I, I didn't know that. Early gigs. And now we're all going all the way back to that, aren't we? Yeah, and, and, and like within spitting distance of the place, too. I mean, it's just like literally just right around the corner, just, just like one block away on Hastings Street. Now, specifically, what do you remember about your first time in Vancouver and your second time in Vancouver? What do you remember about the actual gigs? Uh, lots and lots of black label in short, stubby bottles and, uh, and, and, and just awesome bands, awesome music. Exactly, because that's the cover of the punk rock calendar. Bev Davies' punk rock calendar. Who do we have on the cover right there? Yeah, that, that's me. And, 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 and all of that stuff that's flying through the air is... If, if this was, if you could pan out, it'd be Simon Snawface right here going, spitting at me, 
at that show. And there's another one where it's actually like his spit's like going right into my mouth. So Simon and I are closer than Blood Brothers. So you really enjoyed that? Uh, of course. And the rest of Flag loved it too, eh? <laughs> yeah, see, I loved it. I don't know if Henry would have dug that, but, but I, I didn't mind that. So, you know. And you stuck around Vancouver so much <laughs> that you even did a little mock-up we have right here, continued on in Bev Punk Rock Calendar. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. do we have right there? Could you explain to the people what's going on in this photo right here? Well, that was, um, I guess at that point we were in the midst of recording the Jealous Again EP. And uh, and Bev Davies had an idea of like shooting a, the cover, and uh, so she had an idea of of getting some girls together and, and enacting this jealous again scene. So that's uh, a good friend Eve Posner and Agita, and I think this was at Eve's mother's house, and uh, we just went there and went a little crazy and had some fun shooting this stuff, and unfortunately it never got used, but but it's it's there in your calendar. A bit of punk rock history from Black Flag. Yeah, yeah, and and these girls were great. I mean, Agita and 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 Eve and and Lynn, who was my girlfriend at the time, who I came up to Vancouver when I quit Black Flag. I came up here with Eve, and and uh, you know, just great people. You know, and they they kind of introduced me to, to uh, they civilized me. See, I I I discovered tea in Canada, and so they have tea parties, and I'd be going to tea parties with these girls, like in in like Kitsilano and like uh, you know in these places, like and it was very civilized. At night, it was Black Label with Simon, and during the day, it was like tea parties with like Eve and people like that. It was very cool. So, Ron, you played Vancouver. You also played Seattle on the way down, and I love this poster right here, looking at posters with Ron Reyes, ex-Black Flag, now of the Ron Reyes Band, yes. playing tomorrow night in yes. Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Ron, on this particular poster right here, I love it. The Subhumans from Vancouver headlining yeah, Black Flag and the Veins from Seattle featuring Duff on drums. That's right. Yes, that's right. Now, you know what? Um, this this must have been a great show, and I know I was there, but don't ask me about it. But, uh, but apparently... I was going to ask you about it. Uh, apparently, uh, there was a bit of a riot that, that uh, happened that night, and I, I think it was the last time that they were able to use that place. But um, Apparently, somebody chucked 25 cents at you, and you didn't like that, and then a riot started. But I thought you liked stuff being chucked at you. Uh, well, you know what? I mean, at any given moment, you know, you can go either way, right? I mean, there was, there was times where, you know, we would just explode. I mean, I'm just human, right? So, I mean, there's, other t there's times where you could spit on me all day long and then, you know, throw a nickel at my eye and I'm not going to like that. So, you know, I'm, I'm only human. That was a great gig, though, like the Subhumans from Vancouver, yeah. headlining over Black Flag. Yeah, well, of course. I mean, of course. Why not? I mean, th these guys were, you know, great, you know, North Northwest uh, heroes, right? And Black Flag was like, nobody really heard of us yet. I mean, we, all we had was the uh, Nervous uh, Breakdown EP and, you know, word of mouth. There was no radio or anything like that. So we were just, uh, you know, no, nobody really knew much of Black Flag, just word of mouth. And I tell you, I mean, like, guys like Dave Spanner and, and, uh, and, and, uh, and Ken Lester, I mean, they really promoted us really well. Managers of subhumans and DOA. Exactly right. I mean, of course, they and, and they, they were like the big anarchists. And I think they, I think they loved us because you know they thought, oh wow, Black Flag, these guys are all anarchists and stuff like that. And I got to tell you, I, I didn't even know what anarchy was probably when I came up here. <laughs> I was just like, you know, we were just. I mean, that's not entirely true, but it wasn't like.
like, uh, you know, I didn't have any agenda to smash the state. You know, let me put it that way. Well, I was sort of wondering about your agenda, your anarchiness, Ron Reyes, because on page 23 of the book, Going Underground, it talks about you, Ron, in Seattle, not at a gig, but hanging out in Seattle. Do you remember hanging out in Seattle at all? Yes, yes, uh, several times, especially when I couldn't get into Canada and I'd have to go back and... And, uh, and you were hanging out at a music or was it a theater, I think, perhaps? Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I decided to have a piss. <laughs> Man, you do your homework. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was with uh, Kyle and uh, a bunch of guys from Seattle. And uh, and uh, I don't know what movie we were seeing, but, uh, you know, you, you, when you got to go, you got to go. And there we were and there we went. So, <laughs> well, speak- and, and theaters are kind of slanted down, so I don't know who was sitting in front of me, but God help them. Well, speaking of movies, the decline. Yes. The yeah. decline of Western civilization. You're in it, Ron. Yeah, there's, a, there's another movie I'm in. Yeah, there you go. And I love looking at it closely now, and you can see they're wearing a DOA jacket, and you have subhumans pins and yeah. subhumans run on there. What can you explain about that jacket? Well, um, that jacket was, uh, uh, I, it originated during those days and, and, and stayed with me for ages in all the different bands that I was in afterwards, but it was just a, a white uh, Lee coat. Um, and um, when, I, when I came up to Vancouver, of course, like I said, I just was immediately fell in love with the bands up here, DOA Subhumans and, and the Modernettes and the KTELs and, and all those guys and, and uh, Brain Eater and Rabbit and the Bludgeon Pigs and all those guys. So, I mean, I just like my back of my coat was, you know, covered with that kind of stuff. And a Canadian flag. And a Canadian flag, too. Yeah. In, like the best punk movie of all time, the lead singer of Black Flag is like repping all these Canadian bands. Is that cool or what? Is that... Have you ever asked about that at all over the years? Um, you wonder who the hell are these bands or did everybody know her? I mean, Canada. You repped Canada big time. Yeah, well, I mean, at that point, um, I think DOA had already been down there uh, once or twice, and so people were starting to get, uh, you know, the, uh, wind of what was going on up here. Yeah. What was Penelope Spheris like? Uh, you know what? I, I, she was sweet, but I don't really have any uh, recollection, really. I mean, she was just very nice. But she invited you down to the premiere? Uh, yeah, she did. I, I think I was there. I don't know if I got invited or I just crashed it. I can't remember, but I was there. What was that like? I saw some pictures. It looks like a whole bunch of riot police. Yeah, you know, by then I had already been kind of, uh, you know, I, I'd been living in Vancouver. I, I left uh, L.A. kind of like uh, with this bit of a sour taste in my mouth, which was kind of some stuff that was developing with the Orange County crowd and, and stuff. And and uh, when I came back for that, it was just at that point, it's just like, it's just like, okay, now I know why I left this place. And... Uh, um, you know, great music, great bands, some great people and stuff, but there was an overall vibe that just, you know, it wasn't it wasn't what I was into. Have you been recognized much, though, from the Decline movie, like back then, were you recognized? Because it played quite widely, didn't it? Uh, yeah, but, you know, I've always been pretty low-key. I mean, I don't go around wearing black flag shirts or anything like that. But you can buy a black flag from you uh, at you, the flag shop. So it has to be custom. Oh, nobody has ever done that. <laughs> I have to be custom made. I'll give you a discount if you come down. There was also a movie made recently, which I think you saw, about the germs. What we do is secret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And somebody played you in that movie. That's what I. That's what I hear. Yes, um, but you know what? I am really foggy on the details. And the Bronx. Yes, of course, the, the Bronx. And 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 I've read that they and the guy, the lead singer, was pretending to be me and all that kind of stuff, and, was, and he was laughing about it and stuff. But to be honest with you, I don't remember if we were on that bill or not. I, I think that might have been Des that was on that bill. I could be wrong, but I think Des was actually on that bill. What did you think about that movie? It had Darby attacking the Screamers. I love the Screamers. Why would anybody be mad at the Screamers? 
you know, don't try to figure Darby out. I mean, really, just don't. You know, don't go there. But, but I mean, I, I'm sure that he loved them and hated them and just, you know, whatever. But, uh, yeah, the Screamers were fantastic. Fantastic. And and, and the, what I loved about the Screamers, I also loved about Brain Eater when I came up here. Because when I saw Brain Eater, to me, that was, like, as close to the Screamers as, as I'd, I'd seen in any other band. Because, you know, I mean, let's face it, Jim Cummins is a little artsy-fartsy, right? And the Screamers were definitely artsy-fartsy. And uh, that original, I don't know, if, well, it was, maybe it wasn't the original lineup. But it was the first lineup I saw of the, of the Brain Eater trio with uh, uh, Trevor and Evo. Uh, really reminded me of the Screamers. In that movie about the germs, they also have a lot about Rob Henley. Who is Rob Henley? What do you remember about Rob Henley? Yeah, Rob and, and Mugger came down to the church, and we were friends, and uh, they just were just, I don't know where they came from. They were like these beach kids that just kind of arrived at the church one day and just, like, moved in. And they were, I mean, Mugger particularly, I mean, just like, you know, just exudes charisma, and just like, I mean, wherever Mugger wants to go, that's where he's going to go, right? And, 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 and he was cool, and he was very helpful and stuff, and he... And he and he made himself helpful with the, with uh, with the band and stuff, and you know he he helped us with gear and stuff like that, and and Rob did too and stuff. So those guys just kind of came out of nowhere and hung out, and then Rob gravitated a little bit more towards Hollywood, and eventually I guess was uh, hanging out with the Germs a little bit. And Ron, at that time, what were you eating? Chuck has said you ate a lot of potatoes. Yeah, I, um, I, for some stupid reason, uh, the guy, the guy in this kiss poster, um, um, and um, you know what? His name is not Jay Dessert, and uh, and I and I forget his name now. Mike, 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 um, Mike, and I had a place in Hermosa Beach, and he was a vegetarian, and uh, so I kind of became a vegetarian, and um, so I stopped eating meat. And for no particular reason, and I haven't ate any beef or, or pork or anything like that since, but uh, there was a place across the street that sold potatoes, salad, and I was poor as hell, and Robo would give me a dollar or something like that, a day allowance for God knows what, and, and why, I guess he just wanted me to survive for the next gig, and I would go and buy potato salad on bread and have a potato salad sandwich, and the people there thought I was nuts. You weren't really into the cheese then, eh? Um, not, I just couldn't afford it. Because some of the other members of the band were into cheese, weren't they? I guess so. I don't know. I, 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 I guess so. I don't know. What do you they were saying you ate so many potatoes, so that's maybe why you left Black Flag, because you didn't have a proper diet. Uh, well, you know, not, none of us did. I don't think any of us did, but uh, I certainly didn't. Yeah. Now, Okie Dog, you weren't a big fan of Okie Dog, but what were some other restaurants in L.A. at that time, I was just wondering, that people hung out at? Um, yeah, I, I don't really remember. Uh, um, I didn't hang out a lot, you know. It was I, it wasn't like a, a real scenester, you know. I mean, I, I like to go to the shows. I like to see the bands, and then I go home. Uh, when we played our gigs, the same same thing. I, I wasn't great at like hanging out, um, but uh, you know, I mean, I did a bit, but I, I wasn't I wasn't the type of guy that would hang out at Okie Dogs all the time. Ron Reyes, Gregan had SST Electronics. Yeah. How long did he have that going? Like, was he making electronics when you were in the band? Uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. He was making these little CB receivers or something like that. And, and he, I think he made his own attenuators for his amp and stuff like that. So, so he'd be back there. And he had, a, I think, a staff of two or three people working back there. And, uh, Do you know when he stopped doing that all? Like, did he just keep doing that forever and ever? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I... I, I Do you make any of them? Sure. I, I may have helped out, but I'm useless with that kind of stuff. I mean, even to this day, I'm trying to solder my, my pickups on my guitar and I make a huge mess out of it, so... Well, I actually heard that Greg was so into it that he'd be on stage and something would break and he'd sold her on stage. <laughs> I, I, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. 
Did you witness anything like that when you were playing with Greg or being up there with Greg and something going wrong and him just carrying on? Uh, I, I can't remember, no. I don't think so. I don't think so. And you are Ron? Reyes. From? Crash Band Crunch Pop. I can't even say it. <laughs> Crash Band Crunch Pop and Black Flag and Red Cross and the Bludgeon Pigs and all those things. Ron Reyes. Here I am. In Black Flag, they had these interesting bars, didn't they? Yes, four of them. They were really easily replicated, weren't they? That's right, yeah. Where you could graffiti everywhere with them. Absolutely. Very quick, Get do it and get out of there. Now, what percentage do you think they contributed to Black Flag's success? Okay, well, um, I would say 2%. That's amazing that you'd say that. And the reason I mention that <laughs> is because Reverend Norb from 16 Fancy, and he asked Greg Ginn, and Greg Ginn said, well, 2% you think they contributed. Great minds think alike. To the success of Black Flag, because they're just really easy to duplicate, right? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, really, I mean, the, the logo's great, don't get me wrong, but it was about the music, and I, I think that we could have had a happy face for our logo, and it would have still been awesome, so. Still, you had great color schemes. For instance, on the cover here of the Black Flag Jealous Again EP that you sing on. Yes, there it is. What do you think about the color scheme? How does that stack up against other Black Flag records? It's quite lovely, isn't it? I mean, it's... it's uh... Yeah, it's uh, the nice pale blues and pale pinks and stuff. It just really... Uh, it's the nicest looking Black Flag record, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, it's quite, it's quite nice. And art, too, really helps. See, it is a total package. Oh, it's, it, it's a love song, right? So, I mean, you know, of course it's going to be lovely. I mean, why would it not be? It's a love song. Now, with all this beautiful stuff that you were creating in Black Flag, Ron, were there ever major label reps anywhere asking you guys to sign at all? Oh, gosh, no. I mean, not, not, not in my time. I mean, not that I ever know about. But, uh, I mean, I think later there might have been some interest, but uh, not during my time. There must have been some interesting characters that turned up. For instance, in that wonderful new book, Spray Paint the Walls by Stevie... Chick. By Stevie Chick. It mentions that David Bowie showed up at a Black Flag gig. Yeah, I, I, I'm completely unaware of that other than reading it in the book, but yeah. Had any other celebs shown up like that? Um, I can't remember, and quite honestly, I, I don't think we would have cared, so I, I, I don't know. I, I can't remember. Maybe there was. How many gigs do you think you had stopped by the police? Um, in Black Flag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um... Certainly more after I left. I mean, I think that we were just starting to get their attention. Um, but certainly after I left and during the Des years and, and days, I mean, I think it really uh, revved up that way. But, um, you know, there was, there was a few. And then one night we, we ended up in jail and that was kind of sucky. But, you know. And as we talk about the police, what happens right now? The copters fly over us. No, they're coming to get us. Were there copters over gigs at Black Flag stuff? Yeah, nice band, nice people, girls on the cover, you know. Leave us alone. Um, were there copters like this at Black Flag gigs that you were playing? Or was that later? Do you remember anything like that? Uh, I don't remember. I think all the fire that, uh, that we were getting was friendly fire. You know, we had the enemy within, right? People were just raising hell inside the place more than outside. But For the end of Black Flag, I was wondering, Ron Reyes, there's a quote here that we have. Quote, so I just walked off stage. Yeah, yeah, that was at the Fleetwood. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I I had no intentions to quit the band. Really, it's just uh, it was one of those moments where I was on stage and I looked around and uh, this scene that was developing was just like it was just a little bit of a zoo out there. And I I, I really felt like it wouldn't have mattered if I was 
preaching a sermon or you know talking about the green grass or whatever it is it, it wouldn't matter the people were just gonna just do the thing anyway and I so I thought well you know what's the point of this and so I just didn't really want to be part of that and I think I had some friends there and certainly my girlfriend from Vancouver was there and uh, you know people were getting hurt and I just like you know that's not what I was into you just walked off the stage. Yeah, yeah. I think I said something like, yeah, I don't want to be the background to this crap or something like that to that effect. And then I just walked off. And like I said, at that particular point, uh, point it wasn't like, oh, I'm quitting the band. I'm leaving and moving to Canada. It was just, you know, it was living in the moment. And it was just, I didn't want to be part of that at that particular moment. But then it was just like, you know, the band kept on playing, you know, and uh, which, was, which was right. I mean, you know, I would have, you know, not thought for them to do it any other way but part of me said well you know the audience doesn't care and the band doesn't seem to care anyway so you know I guess it's time to move on No, I heard that Jello Biafra and Pat Fear were there uh, I, I'm sure Pat was there yeah they gave you a ride home after quitting the band yeah uh, I don't remember Jello Biafra giving me a ride home but, but Pat possibly yeah when was the last time you were on stage with Greg? Um, well, he I, I'm terrible with years, but uh, uh, maybe 10 years ago or something like that, Gone came up to, to uh, play, and they played, uh, I think, the Club Soda. And um, and at that time, they were staying at my house in Burnaby, and, um, and uh, he invited me on stage to sing Jealous again, and I said yes. And so I went down, and we sang Jealous again, and that was fun. And it was Greg's band, Gone. Yeah, yeah. What is that? I don't know. Some kind of like a Ricky Martin thing or something like that. Are there that. black flag ringtones? Do you get a cut of any of that? Uh, I don't get a cut of anything. I've never made a penny off of any of that stuff. Have you got any black flag ringtones? Uh, no, I don't. I should track that down or make my own or something. Yeah, that would be cool. Now, tomorrow night in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, you're going to be having your big gig. Is there a chance possibly you'll be up on stage with Greg singing Jealous again again? <laughs> uh, well, he's certainly been invited. And, uh, and Greg and I have had a pretty good relationship over the years. So, uh, yeah, I would say that there's a really good chance, certainly more than 2%. Do you ever sing any of your own songs with Black Flag? Any of your own songs? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were already starting to uh, write... Uh, I was starting to write lyrics. I think some of the uh, lyrics um, in... Um, oh, gosh, I, I can't remember. Uh, uh, My Rules. I think uh, I think some of those lyrics are mine. I think uh, I was starting to write lyrics for, like, TV Party and stuff like that. And uh, the funny thing, TV Party... What My version of TV Party was a lot like the Germs Media Blitz. It was really angry, and it's like, oh, media, you know, it's just like it's a horrible thing, you know. And uh, of course, the, the 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 version that came out, which was a, a whole lot more fun. So that's cool. But yeah, we were starting that, and I was actually starting to play guitar as well. So yeah. Living in Vancouver over the years, you saw Black Flag a couple more times. Did you see Black Flag in Vancouver at all when they came through here? Yeah, absolutely. I, I saw them uh, with Henry for sure, and I tried to see them with Des, but I, I couldn't get into the show. So uh, that was a bit of a bummer, and things got ugly after that. Yeah, I guess I was kind of wondering slightly about that, Ron. This particular gig of Black Flag that you didn't play, but was a Dez gig that was cancelled. What can you tell the people about that involved bricks and the border? <laughs> okay, well, um, yeah, so I don't know if it was... You're in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. You're out of Black Flag. Yeah, I don't know if it was this gig or not. At the Buddha, yeah. Okay, and I just... Okay, so, so I mean, by this point, I'd been living up in Vancouver, and I considered Vancouver my town, and the Smiling Buddha was my my living room. I mean, my goodness, you know. And for some reason, I, 
I was not allowed to go into the show. Or maybe I just wasn't allowed to go in for free. I don't know. But I was really upset with that. And, of course, I had a lot of liquid courage going those days. And uh, so uh, later on, um, yeah, I got in a bit of a... um, uh, brawl with with uh, my friend Des and uh, it you know it was one of those things I, I, it's hard to explain why it happened other than I was pissed off because not getting into the show but uh, I mean I love Des I love the band it was just a kind of a momentary lapse of reason or something and then what about phoning the border um, you know what I, seriously to this day I don't remember doing that but I don't deny it I just you know I, I was pretty uh, the you know I Molson was my my friend back then, and so I might have done a lot of stupid things. And uh, but you know, to this day, I don't remember. But I I don't I don't deny it. In Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, you were playing with bands, and one of the, 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 the ringtone, let alone their number. I mean, I I don't know. In the state I was, I I can't imagine being able to find their number and then call them, and then be coherent enough to get the message through. But I mean, anything's possible. In Vancouver, you're playing with many bands, including yeah. this band here, I Brain Eater. Yeah. And what I can't tell people about this, you mentioned about the Screamers comparison, yeah. but this is an interesting Ron Reyes artifact because oh. it's one of the few records that you've recorded. Maybe you could tell people what have you recorded on, what can people buy that you've recorded on. Yeah. First, there's Red Cross. Yeah, uh, well, you know, it's, it's uh, there's not a lot, you know. Um, there's not Red Cross. Red Cross. Jealous Again. Jealous Again. Um, there's a, a bunch of stuff that ended up being on, like, uh, Everything Turns Black and stuff. Um, um, and then um, that was that was it uh, for the LA stuff. And then I came up here, and then we recorded uh, this Brain Eater EP. Or, and um, and then after that, it was uh, Crash Bank Crunch Pop. And I don't know, there might have been a couple other things. I can't remember really. But it's really cool that you're on this Brain Eater. Yeah. Like part of Ron Reyes' legacy, vinyl legacy, yes. is the Brain Eaters. I know, that's totally cool. And and I mean, I just totally remember recording this at Jim and, and, and Jim's uh, uh, parents' house. Uh, and uh, in played guitar. In this band. Guitar, yeah, and Steve folds out super big too. Why don't you show the people that? This is an awesome poster, and and Jim was the one who taught me how to screen print, and uh, and this is a screen printed poster that one of us would have printed. I don't know if this was one I printed or not, but but um, yeah, great great stuff. Jim's just an awesome artist, and love the work that he did with just black and white. It's great stuff. In Vancouver, you played in tons and tons of fuck bands, didn't you? I think so, yeah. I mean, that, like I said, the, the Buddha was like my living room, and it just seemed like every night something would happen at the end of the show to where people would just jump up on stage. Some of it was like planned a little bit more than that, and a lot of it was very spontaneous, but uh, yeah, quite a few. Now, what is a fuck band? Well, you know, I, people would say different things, but to me, it was a fuck band. It was just like people getting together and just fucking around, and usually playing stuff that they would maybe normally not play. So, if you're a guitar player, maybe you'd play drums in a fuck band. If you were a singer, maybe you'd play bass or something like that. So it was a little bit of a mix it up and and just do covers, a lot of covers, a lot, a lot of really weird stuff like you know theme songs to Gilligan's Island and stuff like that. And just fun. And in Vancouver, you loved the fuck bands, didn't you? Yeah, what yeah. can you tell the people about these particular fuck bands that you were involved with, Ron Reyes? Well, uh, uh, the Fastbacks was were definitely not a fuck band, but uh, Kill City, uh, Kill City was was not a fuck band. Kill City was actually far too serious for its own self and far too serious to be a fuck band. But uh, but um, we uh, we didn't play a lot of shows. 
pe people hated us far too much for, to let us play, but um, it was a lot of fun. And Steve and I, who came from Brain Eater, uh, I don't know how Jim put up with us, but th there was a point where Steve and I just really went off. And there was Jim doing his art stuff, and m me and Steve wanted to just listen to, like, rock and roll. And so, you know, we, were, we, we just, you know, and Jim was just like, oh, my gosh. He wanted to, you know, be Elvis Presley, and we just, you know, were listening to, like, Sweet and, you know, ACDC and, and just, and so Kill City just kind of came out of that desire to just want to crank things up a little bit and make more noise. And underneath, we have another band that you were in there, Ron Reyes, going yeah. over all the bands that Ron Reyes has been in. Uh, Hastley Beastly, yeah. Yeah, that was with uh, little Susan McGilvery and uh, a bunch of other girls. Uh, um, and I was the only guy in the band. And uh, we were just an ACDC cover band and called Hastley Beastly. And I think I designed that poster and drew that poster. Um, but, um, yeah, that was fun. And uh, that was probably one of the only other bands, other than the Bludgeon Pigs, uh, that I played drums in after Red Cross. So, And underneath that, another band you played in in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Yes, the Bludgeon Pigs. Yeah, and boy, do we miss Al. So Al Jameson was the singer for the Bludgeon Pigs, and uh, Tony Baloney and Porkface played uh, guitar, Jerry Porkface, and uh, great songs about the government and smashing the state and all that kind of stuff. Punk rock? Oh, definitely punk rock, for sure. I mean, absolutely, because I don't think you can get any more punk rock than Alistair, you know. And on that poster, is interesting, The Butchers, Kevin Rose. Yeah, Kevin Rose. Uh, Kevin Rose, who uh, I, I later came and joined us in, in Kill City, and then Kill City kind of morphed into Funhouse and, and Raw Power, and then and then eventually Crash Band Crunch Pop, and so Kevin Rose is part of like all of that. Now, Crash Band Crunch Pop, that is another chapter of Ron Reyes' life. What can you tell the people about Crash Bang Crunch Pop? Can you open these documents if you could there, Ron Reyes? I don't even have this. That's great. Um, well, Crash Bang Crunch Pop kind of came out of just my love for pop music. You know, going back to bands like The Last and The Pointed Sticks and stuff. And I, I just I just found that, like, uh, for me, vocally, I was more into, like, La 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 and standing in front of Poser and, you know, and Pointed Stick type stuff. Then I was, like, angry Smash the State type stuff. I just felt more at home there. So uh, Crash Bang Crunch Pop just was more of a, you know, kind of the pop sensibilities or something like that surfaced in that. And um, we were kind of, uh, we came out of this L.A. kind of long hair glam rock scene, but we didn't fit with that and we didn't fit with the punk rock scene. It was kind of, we had... It was kind of messed Who was up. in the band? Was it all Vancouver people? Uh, no, no, no. Um, it was mostly guys from L.A. It was my good friend Pierre on drums. And so you're in Black Flag. You came to Vancouver. Then you stayed in L.A. And then you went, oh, how did it all work? Well, okay, so uh, me and Steve uh, moved down to L.A. To, to form a band called Funhouse. And uh, that was... Um, I, and it was Steve and I and Duff from Guns N' Roses and a couple other guys that I can't remember the, the drummer's name, but we we did a couple gigs. But uh, Steve really was having a hard time in L L.A. He was partying way too hard and missing his girlfriend and uh, Feline, and, and he wanted to just get up here. So he kind of abandoned us there. And uh, eventually I, I enlisted uh, my, my good buddy Pierre on drums and and, uh, and um, put an ad in for a bass player and, and got Willie. And then, and then I 
uh, Kevin Rose. I said, hey, Kevin, I, I want to put this band together, and I want you to play guitar, and uh, I'll come up to Vancouver, and we'll do a show. And, and so I sent him some tapes of the stuff that I had been recording, and uh, he learned the songs with Ziggy Zygmunt and, and Carlos Longo, and um, we did our first show at the New York Theater. I think that was the very, very first show. I had never sung live these songs because I had been playing guitar, and I can't play guitar and sing at the same time. So the very first time we played was the very first time I ever sang those songs. <laughs> and here's a poster from one of the which gigs, which tells all about Ron Reyes. Ron Reyes of Black Flag, Kill City, I Brain Eater, and Raw Power. Yeah, right on. Fame. Right on. Wow, that's cool. I I, I don't even have this one. Uh, and this was playing with the Dayglow Abortion. Yeah, with the Dayglow Abortions. What a combo, hey? The Dayglow Abortions and Crash Bang Crunch Pop. That's a uh, that's there's some contrast there. And in this other classic Crash Bang Crunch Pop poster. Yeah, oh, this is one of my favorites, and I screen printed this one, and uh, this is one of my favorites, because we, we had, um, we had a, a greater following in Vancouver than we did in L.A. I mean, we were playing L.A., and we were, like, opening up for, uh, you know, like, ten people and stuff like that. I mean, we played with some, some uh, we, we played with Lords of the New Church and, uh, and Social Distortion, and, and we had a couple big, couple big shows, but most of our stuff was, like, really small potatoes. But when we came up to Vancouver, it was like, wow, Ron Reyes is coming back up with Crash Bang Crunch Pop, and, you know, we had lots of fun here. So one night was with the Red Hot Chili Peppers at Graceland, and the other night was with uh, DOA at Love Fair. Now, did you know the Peppers from back then? Uh, no, no, I, I, I don't think I ever met them, but, I mean, I knew of them, of course. I really like your song, California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, it's just pop songs and songs about girls and cars. The story behind that one is the lyrics, Big Shot, in it. Uh, I think. Um... Well, What's the story behind that song, California. Yeah, you know, it was it was kind of uh, kind of influenced by uh, Midnight Cowboy, uh, the movie Midnight Cowboy, and so you'll just have to kind of read in between the lines and figure that one out. But it is, you know, the story of a of a guy, you know, looking for something and maybe not things not quite being the way he thought they would be. So you said that you were like not punk enough, but you weren't glam enough, so you were stuck in a weird spot. <laughs> yeah, it was funny, because I mean, uh, you look at some of the pictures of, of me back then, and I did That's what I wanted to look at, the pictures of you back then. Here is a picture of you back then, Ron. Yeah. Now, well, now I, you don't have any teeth, but you look like Slash right there. quite glamorous there, I must admit. And there's my wife, Diane, and that was at our wedding, so that was uh, minutes after we got married. And of course, you could see the love in my face. For you Dolph. fit right in the glam scene right there. Uh, until, Come on, you diss Warrant, but you look until, like Warrant there. <laughs> until I open my mouth. Um, well, you know what? The, the, the thing is, still pictures are interesting, right? I mean, you can you can capture something in a still moment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, you got the Mexican jumping bean doing like, Bleh! and like, you know, I'm just like not cool on stage, right? Like I have no, like, like, uh, like I don't exude confidence and, and, and self-control on stage. It's just chaos. And so, you know, that's not Poison and Warrant and all those other guys, which are, like, really, like, very cool and, and glamorous. So... Do you guys do some busking for tacos, too? What's the story behind that, Ron? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, gosh. Uh, me and Nick. Nick Delaney. Yeah, Nick Delaney and I uh, played in a very early incarnation of his band, uh, the, the, what, the, not, not the Painted Willie, yeah. And we uh, played up here in Vancouver a couple shows. And then uh, I went down to L.A. and Nick came down to L.A. And uh, he brought his guitar and we were on Melrose and um, trying to get some money for gas. We ran out of gas in our 
car and and uh, we we found a, a bunny on in the in the newspaper and we got a bunny as a, a mascot and we paid uh, we spent like our last two dollars or something on this bunny thinking that okay well with this mascot we'll make more money and uh, so on Melrose there we started singing uh, give us some money or we're gonna have to eat the bunny and uh, that was fun yeah that was me on bongos and Nick playing guitar. Now, Ron Reyes, at that time, were you into hip-hop at all? Because L.A. hip-hop, Ice-T, do you have any crossover with that? Have you ever known, known anybody into hip-hop? Not at all. I, I cannot be less interested in, in anything as, as hip-hop. I, I have absolutely no interest in it at all. I mean, that's not to say that there's some stuff that I've heard that is, is quite good, but uh, generally speaking, I've never touched it. Ron Race, years ago when you first contacted me, you told me you had gone from the anarchist cookbook to the Bible. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So what do you think about stuff like this? For instance, this book right here, The Devil's Disciples. If we open it up right here onto page Am I in that? 267, you're actually in this, Ron. No, get out of here. I am not. Indirectly, you're in The Devil's Disciples. <clears throat> Thanks to groups like The Plasmatics, Black Flag, and The Sex Pistols, the boundary line between the two huge audiences, punk and hippie, has been erased, right. allowing them all to come together in one gigantic mass orgy of satanic destruction. <laughs> yeah, I think they're talking about Henry's version of Black Flag, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know what? I don't know. I mean, this is all kind of silly to me, but, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, God got my attention at a certain point in my life, and uh, he still has my attention, and I, I, I kind of veer off track, and I think he's got grace for me, and I'm real grateful for that. We must have checked that book out at the library then. The <laughs> Devil's Disciples. The Truth About Rock. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the Truth About Rock. Uh, but, yeah. And the big devil himself, Danzig, was a big fan of yours, wasn't he? He recommended you for some gigs? I think so, yeah. Uh, um, we got to play with uh, the Misfits at that uh, Black Flag reunion in around 1982, and I got to meet uh, Glenn, and um, and later on he uh, recommended me for the Four Horsemen, which was uh, Dimwit band and Dimwit was putting that band together with some people I guess in New York and stuff and and uh, the guy the bass player Haggis or something like that he came out to uh, Hollywood to to kind of like uh, you know kind of uh, interview me or something like that and I it was funny because I gave him my cassette player cassette of like Crash Band Crunch Pop songs California you know la 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 California and this guy's like tattoos and he's like okay yeah all right yeah well I'll, I'll talk to you later yeah okay bye <laughs> and that was the last I heard of him when did you first meet Henry Rollins? Was it at the Black Flag reunion? Uh, no, I met him uh, at, at a show in Victoria. They, uh, I went to Victoria to see uh, Black Flag there. Because, I mean, I was really a huge fan of the band. I mean, I loved the band. How could you not uh, love the band? I, I, there was no animosities. It, it, you know, me quitting the band had nothing to do with the band. It was just, you know, just the, the scene and stuff like that. And uh, so, you know, when Des was in the band, it was like, great. This is great. When Henry was in the band, I went to go see him. And I, I fell in love with, with, with what he was doing. I mean, the first time I saw him was uh, at this place in Victoria. And it was just like, okay, this guy's great you know i mean they got it you know have you talked to him much over the years rollins um not much i mean we we uh you know online here and there emails here and there and stuff like that but not much no when was the last time you think you saw him um gosh it was when he was in black flag for sure i mean i've, I've always i've always missed his shows i haven't seen a spoken word or his role i've never seen the rollins band so the last time i would have seen him he was in black flag Ron Reyes, winding up here with Ron Reyes of the Ron Reyes Band and Black 
Flag. And red. Cross. And kill. City. And we could go on and on and crash bang crunch. Pop. Yes. Playing tomorrow in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Did you go on a trip once to go visit Buddy Holly's widow? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me and uh, Dave Clarkson and, and my buddy Dale Weiss. Um, uh, Dale's a big Buddy Holly fan, and he said, hey, let's go down there. And, and I was living in California at the time, so they came down and picked me up, and we went into uh, Lubbock, Texas. And uh, that was funny because uh, Lubbock is a dry town, and, and me and Dave were wearing our leathers, and we are like these punk rockers. And I, I, guess, I had long hair, but it was still pretty, like, crazy. And we went into this dry. Um, town Lubbock where uh, you know it was like really redneck and uh, we um, it was it was we had some fun but uh, we almost got our ass kicked at a couple band uh, bars because uh, people were like going you guys must be Democrats you know and like and then uh, Dave and I said no we're anarchists and we're gonna burn your city down and we're like ah! it was like <laughs> and the, that didn't go over too well so we had to run you were playing a lot of pool down there, weren't you? Uh, I think we might have played a little in pool. pool, there's chalk, you know. There is chalk, yes, right. Okay, I see where you're going with this. Yeah, Buddy Holly's wife, I think it was Maria, who's an, another Puerto Rican like myself, and uh, she was there, and uh, I think she's Puerto Rican. Someone told me that. I think Dale told me that. And very lovely lady, and she was there telling stories, and we were playing pool, and there was a photo opportunity. She walked by, and Dale says, oh, can we get a picture with you? And uh, so I've got chalk on my hands because I'm playing pool, and there's Buddy Holly's wife. I put my hand on her, on her shoulder, and I think she's wearing a purple uh, dress. Uh, and Dale says it's white or something like that, but I think it's purple. And the chalk I had was white. And we took the picture. And then as she's walking away, I take my hand off of her, and you just like this huge paw print on Buddy Holly's wife. So that's pretty cool. I left my mark on Buddy's Holly wife. Baboom! Baboom! And you left your mark on a lot of other people too, right, Ron? Uh, yeah, good, good, the good, bad, and the ugly. Yeah. Over the years, Ron Reyes, who has contacted you? Um, it, what do you mean? Because you said you were in hibernation for a little while. Who has contacted you, even when you were in hibernation? Um, you know, uh, my, uh, you know, I, I really Don Christensen was probably one of the only friends that I had from way back then who was like one of those people who would make the effort to call me up and say, hey, Ron, how you doing and stuff like that. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, a lot of us, you know, we get in our life and we get in our rhythm and stuff and, and we kind of lose contact with folks. And but she was one person who really did. And I, so we, we all really miss her. But uh, more recently, it would have been uh, Jerry Jen uh, Wilson, who's uh, who's who kind JP5. of JP5. Yeah, she kind of uh, we became friends on, on MySpace. Um, I, I don't know why I ended up on MySpace. I ended up on MySpace to just to meet some guy about some video or whatever and so I had this like presence all of a sudden online and like within mo moments all these people came and out to kind of welcome me into the cyber world and Jerry Jen was one of those and, and she uh, was one of the first if not the first to kind of interview me and uh, kind of get the wheels spinning a little bit sort of so it's all her fault. Ron you were in hibernation for quite a few years. Yes I absolutely was. Who has contacted you when you've been in hibernation? Like, for instance, Black Fag. Yeah, Black Fag. That, now, that's a really great story. Um, I don't know how, if they found me or I found them, or I don't know exactly, but somehow uh, we got connected through uh, Facebook or, or MySpace. And, uh, you know, I just fell in love with these guys right away because, I mean, 
to me, it, particularly near the end, Black Flag got very, very serious. And and these guys are really, you know, kind of lightened things up a bit, right, to, to say the least, right? They changed the lyrics of Black Flag song? Yes, they absolutely did. And and not only the lyrics, but just it, the, the mannerisms and, and, and how they sing. And it's great. It's good stuff. It's good fun. And and they're great musicians, too. I mean, like, like they're not hacks. Like, the, the guitar player is like, wow, it's really good. Lastly here, Ron Reyes, I want to ask you about some of the women from the L.A. scene. The women from the L.A. scene. <laughs> Trudy. What can I tell you about Trudy? Uh, Trudy, Trudy. Yeah, every, everybody loved Trudy. I mean, my goodness. Trudy was uh, just like an icon. She was just so beautiful and so... Uh, she was she was gorgeous, really. And But she's, you know, like... And I wrote a song about her, Oh, Trudy, in Crash Bang Crunch Pop, and talking about her, you know, her, her black vinyl lipstick all over the place and her leather jacket and all this kind of stuff. But she was... Um, she was great, yeah. How about Helen Killer? Helen, yeah, well, I mean, she was uh, also part of that, like, whole plunger pit type scene with uh, the very ho- Hollywood, uh, all the Hollywood girls and stuff. At the time, I was completely intimidated by all of them and, and actually never made friends with many of the uh, of the Hollywood scene because I was so intimidated by them. But uh, certainly uh, m- many of us had a crush on Trudy, for sure. And how about for some other L.A. bands here winding up with Ron Reyes? L.A. bands, the middle class. Yeah, well, middle class, more like from Fullerton, the Orange County area. But, uh, they, you know, they're like one of the, the great Orange County bands. You know, I diss the Orange County scene a lot. And, and you know what, I, I don't mean to uh, diss the, the, the bands because there were like some really great bands that came out of that. I mean, obviously, Agent Orange and the Adolescents and, and Middle Class and TSOL and, and some of the other bands, Social Distortion and stuff. There's a lot of good music that came out of that. But there was just uh, there was a lot of other stuff that, that just didn't resonate with me but uh yeah great bands middle class was awesome did they play as fast as black flag i think they played fla- uh, flaster <laughs> i think they pay- played faster how about the urinals oh the urinals i'm a bug <laughs> yeah the great great band great band and very much uh very kind of artsy fartsy a little bit like wire and stuff like that I really really great band they- i think they're still playing I, I somebody posted something on online and they're like in europe in czechoslovakia or something like that playing it's just like the most bizarre thing just like you. Yeah. And, and you know what's really cool is, uh, I, uh, okay, going back to the whole thing with Jerry Jan and how she kind of, like, encouraged me to, like, hey, do you ever think you'd play again? And at, at that time, it was like, no way, man, no way. But then I started coming out and seeing some bands like DOA and particularly the Subhumans, and I'm going, okay, these guys are every bit as old as I am, if not more, and they're still kicking ass on a lot of the, the, the teenage bands that are opening up for them. So, you know, obviously, this is not something that's confined or defined by age brackets or anything like that. I mean, if you've got the energy and stuff like that, why not? And and so, you know, when I when I realized, hey, I got a, a birthday coming up, and you know, I started got thinking like, well, you know, I wouldn't mind doing something. So uh, that was a big inspiration. I mean, seeing Wimpy or, or Brian, whoever he wants to go by these days. No disrespect, uh, Brian. Sorry, but. Um, Man, he's just like kicks ass, and he's jumping all around, and his voice is still great, fantastic. Same thing with with uh, DOA. I mean, Joey's just like still up there tearing it up, and man, the 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 pointed sticks are on fire right now, so it's great. Kim Fowley or the Dickies? Um, Kim Fowley. Don't choose. <laughs> Don't choose. Well, he said or so. Uh, the Dickies. What can you tell the people about the Dickies and Kim Fowley? Did you have any run-ins with Kim Fowley at all? I never, I never had any run-in with Kim Fowley. 
You I mean, see him out for any of the punk yeah, event? Of course, yeah, I used to see him. But you know, like I said, I was I was incredibly shy and introverted. Uh, I'd go to all of these shows and like and and not speak to anyone. And it was only, it was not until I actually became you know a, a stage presence where I started like you know coming out of that shell, and it was really a, quite a healthy thing for me. Mad Society, The Undertakers. Yes, Mad Society with a little little guy Stevie or something like that, right? Yeah. Uh, you know what? Uh, those bands kind of I guess were. A little bit after I kind of already left the the, the the LA scene and stuff like that. So I don't, I'm not sure if I've ever seen Mad Society. Yeah. Eddie and the subtitles. Eddie subtitles. Yeah, definitely uh, seen them for sure. For sure. I, I, I was at an Eddie and subtitles uh, show and I think uh, David Lee Roth was there. And me and Steve uh, tried to uh, run down David Lee Roth in our car. And uh, we almost killed David Lee Roth. And somebody, Keith Morris was in the back seat and Keith Morris reached over. I was aiming my car for David Lee Roth. And uh, and uh, and uh, and uh, Keith Morris reached over the seat, and said, "Ron, don't do that," and pulled the seat. And so, David Lee Roth, you owe your life to Keith Morris. Really? That is an absolute truth. I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> what year was that? Was that post Black Flag? Pre Black Flag? When was that? Uh, yeah, it was definitely post Black Flag. But uh, well, it was post my uh, episode with Black Flag. I'm sure of it. Yeah. Well, that tops the DOA like putting David Lee Roth in a headlock story. <laughs> well, except for the fact that David Lee Roth probably never realized it. I mean, he looked behind him and he was like, he was shocked and he kind of got out of the way. And I was driving somebody else's car. I don't know what I was driving. And But but it was just like, David Lee Roth was in the club and he was just being a bit of a jerk or something like that. At least that's what I thought. Oh, me and Steve were trying to turn him on to Kill City. That's what it was. He was going, Kill City, man! Kicks Van Halen's ass! We were being all kind of obnoxious. We were the ones that were being obnoxious, not him. That's what it was. And uh, But, you know, so we had to just keep on being obnoxious. Obnoxious, and we figured, well, the ultimate in being obnoxious is killing someone. So that's what we try to do. And thank goodness Keith was able to prevent that. Well, happy birthday, Ron. <laughs> yeah, happy birthday, Ron. Yeah. 50 years old, the gig tomorrow. Yeah, unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, you know what? And, and you know what? I, I, nobody would have guessed that this would have happened, at least of all me. And uh, there's, you know, a lot of people are really excited about this. I mean, people are asking me what's next and if we're going to do stuff, some stuff. We've got opportunities to record in different places around the world, actually. We've got interest in, in doing recording things uh, overseas and down south at a couple places. And uh, so, who knows? I mean, the, the focus is for the show. We want to really put on a good show. So people coming to the show, what are they going to hear? Um, you know, I'm not reinventing the wheel. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we're going to dust off and, and play. There's a lot of songs that I really have wanted to sing uh, for many years. I definitely am paying tribute to, to a lot of my favorite Vancouver punk rock bands. So I'm going to be singing some uh, songs from some of my favorite bands in Vancouver. We're also going to be uh, singing some Black Flag songs and some new stuff as well and some stuff that I wrote with Crash Bang, Crunch Bob. So a little bit of everything. And special guest Greg Ginn, hopefully, touch wood. I, I would say far more than 2%. Yeah. Babu. Far more. <laughs> far more. <laughs> so reflecting back on this, you've had 30 years to think about your Black Flag stint. What did it all mean? <laughs> well, you know... Um I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think that uh, it certainly seems to be an important thing to some people. And, uh, you know, I get people who uh, contact me and, and say thank you, you know, for the stuff you did. And it was a real inspiration. And particularly the fact that, you know, like I was Hispanic. And, you know, at that point, you know, a lot of the, the 
bands were, you know, kind of like white middle class, and you know, there was a few of us, of course, Pat Fear and stuff like that, and and, and Pat Smear, and 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 you know, there were some some minorities and stuff, but but uh, so there was that, and 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 I guess just the, the message, you know, just the angst and stuff. But all of us were singing that stuff, so I don't know if there was anything unique, but it it, it resonates with people. Did you ever think, Ron, lastly, thanks for speaking to me, Nardware to Human Serviette, that punk rock would turn into punk rock aerobics? <laughs> no, I don't even want to look at that. That's just that's just stupid. Well, I think it's great. <laughs> punk rock aerobics. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, well, you know. That's what punk rock has come to. 25 killer moves. 50 punk classics and 25 reasons to get off your ass and exercise. Well, you know, maybe it's not so bad. Maybe I should give this to my wife and I probably need it more than her. So oh, It's a great book and you helped pave the way for <laughs> punk rock aerobics. That's your legacy, Ron Reyes. There you go. All right. Well, stay healthy, stay fit and uh, do your exercise and come to the show. Well, thanks so much, Ron Reyes. Keep on rocking in the free world and do 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 Right on. You're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and an Ardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there, Black Flag with Jealous Again, with Ron Reyes on vocals, who I did an interview with before the song, and Greg Ginn on guitar, who I'm going to do an interview with, and both Greg Ginn and Ron Reyes will be at Ron Reyes' 50th birthday party tomorrow in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada at the rickshaw joined by the Jolts, the Modernettes, Little Guitar Army, I Brain Eater, Art by Jim Cummins, Mad Dog Art, Bev Davies Historical Photos, Rare Historical Film by the VDoc Restoration Project and we have some tickets to give away the Nardwar to Human Serviette Radio Show. Thanks so much, Doug. Right now, 604-822-2487. If you want to go to Ron Reyes' 50th birthday party tomorrow 
at the rickshaw in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. That's 604-822-2487, 604-UBC-CITR. Coming up right now, an interview with Greg Ginn. But before we get to Greg Ginn, here's Greg Ginn and Ron Reyes doing Revenge by Black Flag from the Jealous Again 12 Inch on CITR FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, Columbia, Canada, Nardwar, Human Service Radio Show. It's not my imagination. I've got a gun on my back. are you? I'm uh, Greg Ginn. Greg, welcome to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Oh, it's good to be here, especially during the summer. I love it. On the occasion of Ron Reyes' 50th birthday party. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it's going to be fun. Now, I want to ask you right off the bat, SST Records, when was the last time that you made electronics? When did you stop making electronics? Well, um... Because I love looking at your electronics. I looked at some on eBay. Some people have them for sale on eBay. Yeah, uh, a couple times people have brought some of the um, uh, electronics gear I made back, way back then to the show and had me sign it. Well, <laughs> I haven't seen that. <laughs> but uh, let me see, probably uh, it looks early, early 80s maybe, around then. Because I love it because it has the SST logo. It's just really cool. I could see people coming to the shows and doing that. Yeah, it doesn't happen very often. There's not a big crossover between ham radio and... Uh, Punk rock? Or whatever, yeah, and music too much. So, Greg, you're here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, on the occasion of Ron Reyes' 50th birthday party. When was the last time you were on stage with that gentleman right over there? Come over here, Ron. I don't know. It, uh, uh, too long. It was at the, the, the Club Soda when, when Gone was here, and I... Ca- Got up with you guys and played uh, Jealous again. Oh, that's... I don't know, what, what, when was that? That was 10 years ago, at least. More. Something like that. Yeah, 15 years ago. More. Yeah. But we're going to do it. We're going to do it again. We're going to do it again. <laughs> so what sort of songs are you going to be doing? I understand we're doing some old Black Flake classics, but also you're going to be doing some new stuff. Um, yeah, I'm only here for a few days, so we're going to see what we're going to work up. We're going to just do our, uh, our uh, a couple rehearsals here, and uh, and I'm going to play with Ron's band um, and, and sit in with them on a few songs, but it'll mostly be them playing yeah. and a whole uh, big lineup. But Greg sang you some lyrics, Ron. You're back in Black Flag, kind of. <laughs> no, 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 no. He didn't send me the lyrics. i got to come up with... The opposite of lyrics. Yeah, he sent me yeah. the, the music, and, uh, and so we're collaborating on some stuff so it's, it's good it's Actually, how are the lyrics all these years are they still there ron uh yeah it's uh it's good it's it's more love songs yeah 
And also wondering, Greg, how would you compare Ron to the other singers in Black Flag? Like you had Keith, Ron and Keith. Um, well, we had uh, four, actually. Four singers, Daz and Henry as well. Yeah, that's what I meant. Like, how would you compare Ron and Keith? Oh, the two? Oh, I don't sit around comparing people. Um, I, I do uh, like both of them a lot in Black Flag. They were really good. Um, so I have no complaints. Uh, you know, it, it's, I don't, like... I don't know. I don't compare. Different people. They're different people. Ron had the energy, though. You had the energy, right, Ron? I think so, yeah. I think so. I had a little Mexican jumping bean in me or something like that. I don't know. I can't stand still. And Ron wasn't afraid of the beer, was he, Greg? <laughs> no. He threw it at everybody. Equal opportunity. <laughs> and also it was thrown at him. And I want to bring this up. And I mentioned this to Ron previously. Here we have a photo. And who do we have on the left there, Greg? Oh, some punker. I don't know. <laughs> and who do we have on the right? <laughs> yeah, just a couple of PAMFs. We have Greg and Ron at the Smiling Buddha in 1980. Oh, cool. In Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. So we're returning to the scene of the crime, right, Ron? Kind of because the yeah. gig where it's happening, the 50th birthday party, is not far away, is it? It's spitting distance. It's literally spitting distance from the Smiling Buddha. And then we have, if we open this up some more, and thank you again, Ron, and we'll yep. talk to you later. Good luck with the gig, and do do loot do Doot-doot, yes. Now, after Ron left the band, you returned to Vancouver some more, Greg. Oh, more people, yeah. And who do we have in the photo right there? That would be me, um, and uh, Chuck, Daz, and Robo. And that was a Black Flag promo pick taken by Bev Davies here in Vancouver, BC, Canada. Another connection for you to Vancouver. Oh, how cool. Yeah, she's, she's really nice to us. I thought it was really cool. Like, here we have a Buddha photo on the cover of this punk rock calendar. Then Black Flag are in there as well. Such connections you have to Vancouver, Greg. It's really incredible. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I've spent a lot of time up here. Not in many years. But um, it's a great city. What do you remember about those early gigs? So I guess I was curious. Here actually is a poster, Greg, from one of your early appearances in Vancouver. Oh, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. We played up here so many times. We came up here a lot. So... This, this is really cool. You're playing with the Dishrags here, local all-girl band. You're backing them up. This was one of your early appearances in Vancouver, and you're headlining over to Brain Eaters. Um, and that's where the photos were taken that I showed you at the Smiling Buddha in Vancouver. Yeah, I don't know. This looks like maybe two different... Oh, I see. We were playing... Th oh. Three nights. Oh, oh, cool. Yeah. When Black Flag did it, you really did a three-night stint in Vancouver. Is that how it worked in the early days? A lot of three-nighters? Um, no, not usually. Usually just uh, one-nighters. But up here, it seemed like we did more of those. And that's kind of cool to be in one place for a while and, uh, and and really settling in at least for a few days. Well, you did some amazing gigs in Vancouver, and I just quickly want to ask you about this selection of gigs here, Greg. What do you remember about these particular gigs in Vancouver? This is DOA's Hardcore 81 gig where Black Flag played in Vancouver. Oh, DOA, great band. And look, seven seconds. This is called Bludgeon Pigs. Um, 
we played with DOA quite a quite a few times. And, uh, then what do we have here? We have the UBC Sub Ballroom, the My War Tour, Black Flag. Do you remember anything about that gig in Vancouver? I just love it. You did all these gigs in Vancouver. Oh, well, this is the tip of the iceberg. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it, it was always fun up here, and we usually tried to come up and spend more time up here, not just come up and play, but stay for a while. That's how we, you know, I guess got to know a lot of people up here. Now, Henry Rollins called Vancouver kind of drunkville, a hard crowd. Do you remember any of that being hard in Vancouver, a really hard place? Um, no, but I guess I remember the easier part. It's always, I guess. I, I just look at it as, uh, as great. People do drink a lot of beer up here, but um, they're, for the most part, really friendly. People are drinking beer all over the damn place. Another gig right here, Greg, lastly here, going through some Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, Black Flag gigs. We have, oh, it is not there. Oh, I was going to say it was at the Waterfront Cabaret in Vancouver. And when you played this gig, you brought your own PA. By that time, you were bringing your own PA. How much hassle was it to bring your own PA to a gig? Um, Aside from being very costly and a lot of work. Um, and having to get to shows very like one o'clock in the afternoon every day, it was really good because we could sound good. And um, PAs in general have improved a lot. Back then, they were kind of a rarity to get a good sound system. And so out of kind of frustration, we ended up touring with our own uh, sound system. And you brought it to the tiny little waterfront. Did you ever bring a big PA to a tiny little club, and how did that work? Oh, many times, because we'd play every place, out in Mississippi or wherever. We'd play in a lot of small towns, and uh, sometimes the whole place would be full of equipment. Did the living room ever get the full PA? Did you ever use a full PA in a living room, like at a house party? No, there it wouldn't fit. Craig, recently there was this book that came out right here. Spray Paint the Walls by Stevie Chick. All about Black Flag, because on the back, there is you, Greg. I, I, to, I haven't seen this book before. And, um, and it, a lot of times uh, the, uh, the accuracy of some of this stuff comes into question because I, I don't know. I don't read, to be honest, I don't read rock books. I've never read, a, like, a rock book. I don't, I listen to music, but I don't want to, I'm not really interested in even other bands. In my own, I'm particularly not interested because there's nothing new. So I can't comment because I've never read a rock book. Exactly. Well, one thing I found interesting is they mentioned that David Bowie once came to a Black Flag gig. Do you ever remember anything about this David Bowie coming to a Black Flag gig? No. <laughs> See, I don't know. That's what I was wondering. Cause that's what it said in the book. So I was just curious about David Bowie coming to a Black Flag gig. I, it's one of those people. I've had that uh, at times where people have argued with me about something. It's a, I read this in this book. Did this happen? And I don't know if David Bowie came to a gig. He may have. I, but it's first I've ever heard of it. Um, but uh, you have people sometimes arguing with me, but I read it here, and it's like, well, I'm sorry I was there, but anyway. Well, one of Kurt Cobain's first gig, if not his first punk gig, was Black Flag, so Kurt Cobain did see Black Flag. That has been documented by the Melvins, and I guess I was just curious, did you ever meet Kurt Cobain at all? No. 
but it was the SST store that Kurt Cobain phoned to get Pat Smear to join Nirvana. So SST is kind of embroiled in that. Did you ever know about that? I, I don't know. I never really got very much into grunge. Um, it just wasn't really so much my thing. So I, I like some of the early bands um, a lot, uh, Skin Yard and Soundgarden, um, but it uh, just wasn't really my thing. So I haven't heard a lot of it. Well, back to Canada, winding up here with Greg Ginn on the occasion of Ron Ray's 50th birthday party. That right there is the waterfront gig that I was talking about that you that you brought the PA in with to Vancouver just to show it did actually happen. There's the proof right here. Yeah, well, I'm glad somebody has a proof. <laughs> And one other person I want to ask you about was an important group from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, DOA, Joey Shithead. Oh, yeah. We played with them a lot up here, down in the U.S. And uh, Black Flag paved the way, but so did DOA, didn't they? DOA really paved the way. Oh, they sure did. They were one of the first bands to just go out and tour. Um, and um, one of the very first, you know, punk rock bands or whatever to just start touring and it was really good and it's good because they were such a good band. And you invited them down to the Whiskey. Do you remember thinking about this gig at all, DOA and Black Flag at the Whiskey? I think there might have been police helicopters involved in this particular gig and you didn't get to play your second set. Yeah. Um, uh, that's sickening stuff what can I say it's um, a lot of people think well it's so cool that this gigs get shut down and stuff but if you practice every day for a couple months and then have a gig and then you can't play it's you're, it's more frustrating than it is oh cool there's a riot or some nonsense so it leaves a bad taste in my mouth and you love DOA so much Chuck Biscuits of DOA ended up in Black Flag for a little while yeah, he sure did. Another Vancouver connection, even though I think he was originally Californian. He was born in California. Oh, yeah, I guess so. And that helped with the border and the work permits and stuff. And winding up here, lastly, I was wondering there, Craig Ginn of Black Flag here up to celebrate Ron Reyes, Ron Reyes's 50th birthday party. Yeah. Salad bars. How important were salad bars to Black Flag? Well, very important for me because uh, I'm a vegetarian. Well, I'm vegan now as I used to eat cheese and that stuff. Um, But uh, the food is a lot better across the country now. There's a lot better options. But touring with Black Flag, uh, it was difficult to get good food. So I guess salad bar is... It worked well, and I understand it really worked really well because you would go up to the salad bar with the tray and fill up the tray and not the plate, and it fed the whole band. At times, yeah. Thank you for verifying that. That was something I always wondered all these years. And lastly, lastly, Greg Ginn, we got to give props to the subhumans from Vancouver who ended up on SST, right? I love this album that you guys put out. Um... It was one of their last albums, if not their last. Now they're back rocking together. Yeah, they were a great band. Um, Another band that we played with a lot up here. uh, They made it to SST, which is cool. 
Yeah. Thank you for putting him on SST. I love that. The subhumans. And thank you for coming up to Ron Reyes' 50th birthday party here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Well, thank you. And anything else you want to add to the people out there at all, Greg? No, just happy birthday to Ron. Well, thanks so much, Greg. Keep on rocking in the free world and do 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 loot do Dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> you are the nerd. <laughs> nerd alert. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.